Sean. If Les Miles beats everybody but Alabama, I think he stays. Creel. Fuck Jolly Ranchers and <laughs> fuck Sour Apple. Hankins. Jesus Christ. We're going to lose this game. We're going to lose a game Not from it. 2007. Somehow, we're going to blow this. Thought a flag. Tell him thought a flag. Damn, these are some good sun chips. I should buy these more often. Uh, Florida? 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 Now my daddy, my daddy coached the Dolphins. I don't know if I really like sushi or if I really like soy sauce. Ever heard of that Panther fan who growls in the YouTube video? Hey, Saban, what about this? I had some great opening lines uh, for today's episode, but I am clearly in my own head about a lot of things here. Happy Memorial Day, everybody. USA. 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 <laughs> Danny Bandana and the USA. <laughs> um, episode 72. 72, eh? Um, yeah, you know what that means. That's like. Nope, nope, not on my watch. That's a 97 away from like, 169. <laughs> oh, my God. 97 away. This math is fast. That's fast math. Welcome to, to episode 72 of Throw the Flag. Uh, Matt Creel is on assignment. Um, and uh, just kidding, he's right here. Hey, Matt. Hey, everybody. <laughs> uh, you love it when people say that, don't you? What, that I'm on assignment? Mm-hmm. Or no, you said that you love it when people say, you hate it when people, like one newscaster says to another, I'm on assignment. Oh, yeah, This yeah. person's on assignment. When they say so-and-so is not here tonight, I hate that. 72 eps in, haven't mm-hmm. lost that magic rapport. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had a, a listener, let's get right into it, guys, huh? What do you say? What do you say? We had had a, uh, a, a listener uh, tag us in, a, in an Instagram uh, post that was that's good <laughs> that that was um uh Blake Barnett former Alabama quarterback Blake Barnett this is a very old post by the way it is uh on a dark dark day January 9th 2017 um Blake Barnett eight this was after he transferred from Alabama uh posted a photo of him and Tua and some white guy wearing the number 11 all in Alabama uniforms. And the caption is, Wishing my guys nothing but the best tonight. A classy post from a quarterback who transferred because it didn't work out. Still wishing his old teammates the best. To which, at underscore Cooper Bateman, mm. a quarterback a quarterback that uh, transferred <laughs> under the same circumstances, text, uh, uh, commented, Dude, just no. And Man, this is the only... Beef. This is the only Bama quarterback controversy I'm interested in. I think that... <laughs> I think that... I mean, you know, it's a year and a half old, but I really wish we knew about this when it happened. It really would have been a great way to open up our very first episode. Classy? Unclassy? What say you, Creel? Was Cooper still on the team at the time? I don't think... I think both of them had transferred. I don't know who left. Yeah, both of them had transferred because remember, Tua was redshirted, 
And we were concerned that Jalen was the only scholarship quarterback on the fucking team in the championship game. <laughs> Are we sure that? Co- yeah, I guess you're right. Both of them, both of them had transferred midseason, and I think a third one had as well. Maybe Cooper's just reacting to the uh, to the wording of "wishing my guys." Well, man, that just is a lame, a lame. I'm gonna say tweet because that's the. That is where I stopped with social media. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to say tweet. Whatever the appropriate uh, terminology is, I'll dub in later. Caption, <laughs> caption <laughs> for an Instagram right post. Now. Sure. Um, maybe he's just mad that it was a lame tweet instead of you know something dope like, D's my ends, throw it up, gang, gang, gang. <laughs> you got to get on Insta. Like H-E-N? N-words. You know what I mean. Some asshole oh, won't let me speak the way N. that I like to on podcasts because N. he's the arbiter of language. Right. Uh, eh, I mean, <sighs> it's a story, but, you know, uh, they're all just like the, the rubbish that didn't make it, so they damn, think that they're damn. important. <laughs> damn. So they got to get Can, out there and get them views, though. get them con- get that content out there, get those looks, get those likes, get those Speaking retweets. Of- Speaking of rubbish and only British people using that word, can can we get a quick sound level check, uh, Creel? Can we get your uh, your British accent, please? Oi, I'm Blake Barnett, and I'm a quarterback who transfers every three weeks. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Oh, man. So is that um is that really the knock that anybody can have on Saban is that he just keeps signing quarterbacks who transfer and also aren't good enough to play other places either? <laughs> <laughs> a pretty common knock against uh, Saban is that he's this big evil guy who makes all the promises in the world to uh, quarterbacks who, or not quarterbacks, but players in general who never start and end up transferring. Huh, that sounds like any giant, but at any rate. Like over-signing I mean, players. Seriously, it's like, like yeah. Oh no! It's over. That uh, kill him. Pitchforks. Pitchforks. <laughs> anyway, because nobody, nobody has a stocked cupboard of players that they're not going to use. So, as a matter of fact, if there is any any tenant to Alabama football, you know, you could say a lot of things. Running the ball, strong defense. No, oversigning is the thing that has really touched all the errors <laughs> of Alabama football. It is a true story. Well, on to more current and more happy news. Uh, Hankins, you and I were alerted by uh, one Matthew Creel. Possibly the greatest news, the biggest news, uh, the most satisfying news of the offseason, that uh, Dr. Pepper will no longer be using its beloved character, Larry Culpepper, in commercials for college football. It's a requiem for Larry Culpepper, and I feel like you guys are going to miss him a lot sooner than you think you are. This is Vern Lundquist all over again. No, no. Everybody hates him till he's gone. No. He's no. They're just you're just gonna get tired of the next thing that they yes, put in there. That's, that's like that, fair. Like that's <laughs> like that statue <laughs> humping that other statue. <laughs> and they've they've changed that too. Ah, son of a bitch. Um, that's a super inside reference that I don't even care to explain. Mm-mm. But if just you know what fans. we're talking just about about fans. that humping statue, you're laughing your balls off right now <laughs> or ovaries, whatever. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I feel like I feel like in a year's time we're going to be complaining about. Can you believe Doug Flutie, or can you believe uh, Do- Dr. Pepper Robot, or can you believe that Surfing Dog is in every? Hey, if they have a Surfing Dog, I'm going to be on board every 
time. Uh, no. Why do you guys hate Larry Culpepper so much? Uh, I think it's the sheer stupid. frequency of the commercials. Mm. And then they tried to like make him just a, like a, a regular character and not just a commercial spokesperson. <laughs> like he showed up on the actual sidelines. They're, and... They try to give him a storyline. Like, does the fucking Geico Gecko have a storyline? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing I hate is it's, it's not realistic. Like, <laughs> he does. How often are you in a stadium or an arena and someone's like, ice cold Dr. Pepper? Zero times has it ever happened. They might say, yeah. I have I have drinks, I have Coke, I got Miller Lite, uh, mm. but never. What Creel doesn't like there, about it is that it's is, unrealistic. Is there a Dr. Yes. Pepper, like, aficionado that's stacked to the brim with, like, carrying around a keg of Dr. Pepper dispensing it. It's never once I like how the guy's... The guy selling these Dr. Peppers also has to know a lot about it, according to Creel, too. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> he true. has to really... You know all 13 ingredients, brother? You know I know all 13 right. ingredients, dude. I'm a Dr. Pepper aficionado. <laughs> I tr- <laughs> but I think... <laughs> Um, to, to, to be serious for a moment, oh, please, guys. please, finally. Um, I wonder, I wonder how much of any of this commercial fatigue for very, for particular commercials is heightened by the fact that a lot of us watch on the app now, and they haven't sold enough digital ad space. So you literally, you might get three Culpepper commercials on a block. Oh yeah, now, for sure. As opposed to spreading it out a little bit, because I mean, there was a time when we were all younger and the world was a lot more. A lot more forgiving. We had beloved commercial spokespeople. Spuds McKenzie. The Taco Bell Chihuahua. The woman from Wednesday. The Noy. The Taco Bell Chihuahua, who you can hear all about on our uh, our sister cast, Cold Dog Soup. Mm-hmm. Sean had a website, part one. The Noy. Yeah. Oh, the Noy. Mm. What, what happened to us, man? We used to, we used to one, embrace our uh, commercial folk hero. One thing about the Noy, I prefer to avoid him. Yeah, but now with Domino's new carryout insurance, you're not even that worried anymore. And what is that? Hashtag exactly. Domino's dope as hell. Is that if they drop it on the way to the door, you get a refund, or if you drop it? Like, no, if you know if it's you a, drop it's carryout insurance. So if oh. you drop it on the way from like your the Domino's to your car, or like you take a hard right turn and the or left turn or ovaries. And the pizza gets yeah. destroyed in the box. As long as you bring it back, they'll make, remake it for you for free. What? If you eat six pieces of it and say, this is a Domino's pizza, how can you sell this to a human? <laughs> they have to Still better than Papa your money back. Um, yeah, I also... I, I, at, at 35 years old, in my wise old age, I am no longer as annoyed as I was as a teenager by commercials by the smallest thing so call pepper gone great but at the end of the day you can just switch the channel is my sexy uh, auburn uh, swamp witch it's gonna still be around <laughs> i don't even know what that is yeah what's she, this? she certainly she means more to is me is that the it matters more right i think i think she dresses like uh like if, stevie nicks uh oh my god stevie nicks was an actual witch <laughs> who had gone to no, Auburn. she I is did you ever see dress. american horror story <laughs> I, I saw that part it's like oh this is dumb i'm out of here oh that's that that's a that's real that is, that's a real thing that, that is when i, I switched off too heard rhiannon playing i was like oh no this is way too stupid um but yeah i, I don't want to lose her i if, if i gotta lose Culpepper, fine but i will not Stand idly by while it means more leaves me. Mm-mm. 
Mm. My God, this game is about tradition, is it not, guys? It's so true. And what what is tradition if not getting rid of mascots before their time is up? Also like that chicken commercial for the Chick-fil-A commercial where the cows have taken over the Sports Center studio and are making everybody say chicken. Oh man. And it just feels a little racist to me. It's like that perfect <laughs> level of racism that I enjoy. Like, wait a minute. Is it weird to have Joey Galloway just say who we're coming up with chicken highlights? <laughs> Here, I thought I liked chicken because it was delicious, but apparently I'm genetically predispositioned. I thought you were going to say the Chick-fil-A commercial where the cows are parachuting down into the stadium. I like it when that happens for real. Yeah. They used to happen at the Georgia Dome all the time. (laughs) Does it happen at the new Georgia Dome? No, we ain't. That, that's a classy joint. We ain't putting no chicken bullshit in there. Oh, man. Mercedes ain't having that. Oh, no. <laughs> it's only steak and fish. They did, however, guys, convert the what? So they're just going to take you on a brief oral history of the concessions. Oh yeah, of the Mercedes Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, like their specialty joints, like Hattie B's is a local restaurateur who has a gimmick. Um, and then there's like your regular fare, your hot dogs, your nachos. Then there's some pizza over here. Then there's maybe a, something from south of the border over here. Well, in my section, where I'm a, a season ticket holder, founding member in good standing of the Atlanta United, there used to be right by our section, there was a, a south of the border style joint. And then your regular pizza fare. Or hot dogs and nachos and things. They converted hot dogs and nachos to a Chick-fil-A. Mm-hmm. I was pretty excited. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's that's uh, I got nothing else. That's a good oral history. It is. It is. There's also Sublime Donuts in there somewhere, but I cannot put my finger on it. I cannot find Speaking it. Speaking of uh, soccer's uh, tough, tough loss by the Reds yesterday, huh? Don't even fucking get me started. That is another podcast that I'll probably just do on my own called Crying About Liverpool. Me and Richard will just call each other on the phone and we'll try to figure out how a professional goalkeeper can do the things he did and how Gareth Bale can sit on the sideline and then show up, do a bicycle kick, and ruin everything. He really, uh, I think they're probably going to need a new goalkeeper next year. Yeah, because they're going to kill that one. <laughs> Rightfully so. Probably Rightfully right. so. I'm going I'm to say it. I'm going to advocate for murder on this podcast. <laughs> well, I think that this uh, next uh, next story might actually turn into a mini stump creel, but I think Ooh. it's going to be I think it's going to be pretty easy. Uh, Jason Kirk, uh, the what's what's the damn newsletter he he writes? That is SB Nation. Football mailbag central. Uh, Jason Kirk from SB Nation. <laughs> Uh, this was something that uh, Hankins you you had sent around. Uh, Auburn's football reputation is that of randomized <laughs> is that of a randomized results generator and especially spastic one, designed to derange designed by deranged hornets and housed in an abandoned fireworks stand. Uh, Jason Kirk then goes on to explain how Auburn has been the most unpredictable team of the last sixty eight years, sixty seventy years. Hankins, does that fall within your time frame, 68 years? <laughs> that does. That is 15 times four and a half. Okay. It's one past the uh, one before the cutoff. Mm-hmm. I cut off at 69 Woo-hoo. for my own personal reason. <laughs> just personal, personal choice. Well, for for <laughs> our purposes, let's let's just hit the the shit that's happened this century. And porpoises. And porpoises, sorry, and ovaries. Um, let's hit <laughs> let's just hit the stuff that that hit that touched on this century. 
Uh, Jason Kirk talks uh, about uh, the most overrated team of each season. He went through every preseason AP poll uh, to find who was ranked at the beginning. Uh, you know, uh, what was the discrepancy uh, for an overrated team, how high they were ranked, and how far they fell. Uh, he goes through 75, um, where Auburn went uh, Shug Jordan's final year, 3-6-2. and two. Um, But n- not in this century. So, 2003. I, Sean, Sean, just two seconds, buddy. I think you said Shug Jordan. Shug- I don't want to stop a man and do a Calvin Johnson please, question, please. but I know that this podcast sure, has a heavy Auburn listenership, sure, Jordan. and I couldn't possibly let that go without Sh- saying Shug Jordan. Jordan. Shug Jordan. <laughs> I think it's Sugar Jordash, is I believe the <laughs> correct pronunciation. That sounds like a sweet R&B artist from 1992. It sounds like a member of a sweet R&B group. Mm-hmm. Like Sh- Sugar Jordash. Is a bigger. He's a, a part of a bigger conglomerate. But he's like oh, probably called Freaky for you, I would imagine. <laughs> but Sugar Jordash is always wearing Levi's. Without question, he will not be seen in a pair of Jordans. No, 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 no. Creel, what happened in two thousand three with Auburn? Um, let's see, two thousand three. LSU won the national championship that year, so Auburn was probably like I don't know eight and four, seven and five. Auburn started number six, got blown out four times, lost to Ole Miss, and had a former uh, offensive coordinator, Bobby Petrino, trying to take the Tommy Tuberville's job in Jet. Oh, Gates. that's right, Petrino Gate. Uh-huh. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, another overrated season for Auburn, 2008. The defending uh, champ LSU Tigers went eight and five. Clemson went seven and six, lost their head coach midseason, and the number eleven Auburn Tigers went five and seven and fired their offensive coordinator midseason. Ouch. Uh, the uh, Auburn that was also the year that, of course, Auburn ended their longest ever Iron Bowl win streak with a 36 to zero loss to Alabama. So started eleven, ended the season unranked. And then, of course, uh, 2015, the SEC media picked Auburn to win the conference. The AP number six <laughs> Tigers finished last in the West. And this is this is something that I think uh, that Hankins, I think that you had mentioned in that email that we never know what Auburn's going to do. Mm-mm. Never, never. It's usually that's why they're so infuriating. It's usually the not the opposite, but not what the quote unquote experts say every year. Yeah, it, it always seems like they never go, and I know that this I know that this factually isn't true, but the perception, and I think being in Georgia um, and being around people who are fans of other fan bases or people who are parts of other fan bases, I realize that this is just not my Alabama bias. This is conference wide. This is sort of how people view Auburn. It's just they're they're in, you never know what's going to happen with them. You, they are just infuriating because when you think you got them killed, that's when they have the mega year. And when you, when, then sometimes you're geared up for them. That's when they shit the bed. They it never feels like they just go a, a, a ten and two. It feels like they never have a ten and two year where it's like you know what, won some games, did okay, uh, maybe lost, maybe split the season with Alabama and Georgia. Just a regular old fashioned uh, high level program in the sec year it feels like that never happens at all yeah i mean take i i guess you could say that auburn is like a box of chocolates i would say that krill but uh, you know why why would you say that (laughs) well it seems that sometimes they go 10 and 2 and sometimes they go you never know what you're gonna get i think is what Uh, he's looking for (laughs) krill 
Well, take... <laughs> Creole, Creole with a very earnest... He is the Albert of this answer. podcast. You truly are. You truly are. Just the mystical of it all. He is unpredictable. Um, well, you know, take last year, for example. We didn't know, really know where Auburn stood until we were sure that they were going to lose track of their season after shitting the bed in the second half against LSU. And then we were sure that they were going to uh, go, go to the uh, – we, we were sure that they were going to end strong after, you know, they, they beat Auburn. They uh, Sorry, they beat Alabama. They beat Georgia. They are Auburn. And then they, <laughs> and then they, and then they uh, lost in the SEC championship. Yes, they literally Auburned the entire season. Yeah. <laughs> just like hey, lose to, like the, the, usually usually that LSU loss means the wheels are coming off. There's going to be some cool firings, and then that means that next year they're going to go 17 and 0. Uh, that's usually what that yeah. means. Mm-hmm. But instead, they said, you know what? We're just going to go on our run now. We're going to beat the number one team two weeks in We're going to make sure we keep Gus Malls on. <laughs> we're going to keep Gus Malls on. Then we're going to lose. And look again. I understand why this happened a lot of it last year. The Carrion Johnson injury yeah, for sure. was was massive. They probably beat Georgia again, or at least they, they certainly stand a much better chance. I get that. But I'm just saying, macro level, they're doing their Auburn witch bullshit. It's always witch magic with them. It always is. The spell either goes very right or it backfires and they get that soot in their face. It's the power of Steve. Um, but they did it all year. And so instead of closing that baby out, they give they do the ultimate insult to Alabama. They give UCF the opportunity to claim a national championship. Yeah, Jesus Christ. So I guess well, if you're if you're an Auburn fan, sometimes you might be like sometimes there just aren't enough rocks. What? That's what, what Forrest Gump says when he's walking Ginny by her old house where she got abused and she starts throwing them rocks. And then he wisely oh, man. says, "That is a deep cut from a horrible movie. sometimes." That Jenny, is, I did not. That's a deep there cut. There are not I didn't enough rocks. So that's what it feels like to be an Auburn fan. Sometimes <laughs> you know, there are not enough never rocks. Enough rocks. Real. This this is why you are such an integral part of this podcast. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. you 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 go with the most famous line. And then to follow that up, you don't go with Gen A, you don't go with Magic Legs, you don't go with Viet Fucking Nam. Or Run, Forest, Run. Run, Forest, Run. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, sometimes it happens when he steps in the shit. You go with, sometimes there aren't enough rocks. Right. Well, on the other side of the coin, for Auburn fans. And then later in the movie, it was sometimes there aren't enough cocks, right? I mean, that Jenny was really putting that meat on the yeah, block. Yeah, she, she's the patient zero of AIDS, 100%. <laughs> she is. She fucked that monkey mm-hmm. and <laughs> got the whole ball rolling. Mm-hmm. I think I think all those REO Speedwagon roadies were probably the uh, the patient zeros. <laughs> well, for our Auburn fans, uh, on the other side of the coin, you know, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of years pre-2000 um, that they were the most underrated team in the country, mm-hmm. 57, 72, 74, 93, uh, uh, you know, probably the, the fir- first or second year that we all started watching uh, college football. Uh, new coach Terry Bowden's bowl band Tigers went 11-0 and after starting without any votes at all. Um, I still remember the undefeated, untied, T-I-D-E, shirts that uh, my classmates would wear, our classmates would wear. After that season, jumping ahead to 2004, Auburn started number 17 
and went unbeaten in the cl- in the famous season that every Auburn fan likes to point to and say we were screwed. Uh, Tigers uh, led in the computers, and the AP's final first place votes uh, gave the nod to Auburn. But what happened in two thousand four, Creel? Uh, let's see. That was the year USC won it all with a with a disgraced Reggie Bush. Uh, <laughs> They that that was the year also Oklahoma went undefeated so uh, they got the the nod to play each other in the BCS championship game and like you said Auburn went undefeated uncrowned allegedly uh, allegedly <laughs> allegedly they definitely went uncrowned because they didn't get a crown they they were factually uncrowned <laughs> um 2010 Auburn was ranked number 22 so that year that's the only one that like that bucks the trend for me because we just didn't know that they'd recruited a top five college football player ever. yeah number we didn't number know. three in the last 25 <laughs> years in the sec and behind in in retrospect johnny Manziel if somebody said yeah yeah i'm not even <laughs> not i'm not i am not um but if we told you right, you know, if, if they said, oh, they signed Cam Newton, we would know. We would know now. Yeah. We couldn't mm-hmm, know then. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, How could we know? How could we know? Auburn. There's not enough rocks. <laughs> there's not enough rocks. Auburn went number, tw- uh, they were ranked 22 and then, of course, beat Oregon in the BCS National Championship. Uh, 22 to number one is technically the largest jump by any AP champion ever. Wow. And then most recently, 2013. A uh, year that I think we'd all like to forget. Auburn was picked to finish fifth in the SEC West, and then came a play or two away from winning the BCS. Had a had a cornerback as quarterback. Yes. <laughs> uh, you know, it, some other stuff happened that year, and that's and that's the other. That's you know, again, a very Auburn year. They were picked next to last, or you know, third to last in the SEC West. And then, of course, you know, it takes a miracle in uh, to, to beat Georgia. It takes the kick six to, to beat Alabama. And then they play Florida State and, you know, had a pretty handy lead in the first half against them. Until they stopped um, cheating. Until they stopped cheating. That's Wait, true. And started that is eating. true. They were reading, they were lip-reading signals from Florida State's uh, crew. Oh, man. And that then sounds Jimbo like an info found out at halftime, and then they held up like you know handkerchiefs over their lips, and then Florida State came roaring back. True story. W- were they what kind of handkerchief? Were they like frilly, like Civil War widow numbers? Or <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> they were very oh, dainty. Very oh, Colonel dainty. Reb. Colonel Reb is here. Whoa. <laughs> wow. <laughs> He's a dealer in handkerchief from the Civil War. Well, you know, I bet you, you gotta. He is. Mm-hmm. You gotta diversify your uh, your business model. So, <laughs> once laws are passed that take but away it, your main labor force, that's true. It does. It does kind of shade how how Auburn fans react because they don't behave. They're, they don't treat their team the same way that a lot of other fan bases do. There, there's a, I can't put my finger on what it is, and I'm not making a judgment of them. I'm just saying it's a different relationship. It's probably the same thing that me, that is that creates that atmosphere that makes Jordan Hare worth 14 points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, is there, everybody's on edge all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Auburn, Auburn definitely has a fan base that I think sticks by their team. 
uh, because they're used to that uncertainty. Yeah, you know, they know that next year might be the year. Like, a lot of us can say that and hope that. And in our position right now as Alabama fans, it's a little different than what it has been. But I got to tell you, man, from, you know, 96 to now, mm-hmm. um, it never felt like the ne- I remember, you know, you, you would constantly yeah. be like, man, what it must feel like to be Florida State. And we talked about that a lot. But, like, with Auburn, you know you're probably just a couple years away from being that if you'll just ride it yeah, out. just fire your coach. And then the next year you'll be – Just you'll, fire your coach. You'll at least make the playoffs. Just have a bunch of quarterbacks that are supposed to be really good that don't pan out. And then just pick a dude from the defense. Pl- you'll be fine. And play all of them at the same time. Correct mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in, in the same formation, and if one quarterback doesn't work out, move him to receiver. He knows the plays. He knows those plays. You know, Alabama <laughs> could do well to take a page from that kind of quarterback playbook. Uh, <laughs> move him to receiver. Move, move Jalen to tight end. Oh my god, I'm so worried, guys. I'm very worried about this season. About like a lot, like more than my usual. Just Alabama worry. Um, More than my training of worry. Like, I really worry that this might be the year where the wheels really come off a little bit. And not necessarily from a... Does that mean we go 8-4? and I'm thinking like nine and three. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we went 10-3 and three in, two, in 2010. <laughs> well, that is that is a great position to be in that I hold up the, as I like to call it, that's the South Carolina year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that like that there's just so much craziness going on around the program by Alabama standards. Yeah. That, you know, somehow that the – because I do think that, um, yes, Nick Saban recruits the best talent. Yes, Alabama has a 1,000 coaches. Um, yes, they have – Excellent facilities. I do think, though, that they somehow foster a a very strong team mentality. Yeah, I think the uh, defensively, especially, I think the defense functions as one giant amoeba that moves with a single brain most of the time, to the point where a clear crazy person like Tony Brown, my number one favorite, <laughs> a clear crazy person, can be molded into. Fitting with that defense and not getting so out of pocket. I feel like maybe that that this is the year that all the success, all the expectation, all of it pours in and you get an explosion rather than the cohesive unit that we're accustomed to seeing. Tony Brown is like the love child of old dirty bastard in Flavor Flav. You are not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> if you take that, you take that craziness and multiply it by this craziness. And just put it on the field and see what happens. No, I, I think, I mean, you know, I, I always kind of feel that way. And I think that a 10-3 and season for Alabama in 2018 is a lot worse than a 10-3 and season for Alabama in 2010. Because, you know, that's the beginning of the process in 2010. Saban knows what he wants to do. He has a plan. He's going to move forward. Yep. God knows what's going through his mind right now. He could, he could still consider himself to be at the beginning of the process still. Or just like anybody else... You know, he could be like, hey, I've been here for 11, 12 years, and I've won five national championships. I've been to six at this school. Uh, you know, I 10 and 3, we'll see what happens next year, and if it's this or, or worse, then I'm out. 
Well, the the problem is we're just a, a three loss season. A three loss season this year is especially bad because the schedule. Yeah, there's no is dog shit. There's there's, there's no yeah. uh, three losses I, would be. I usually try to. Yeah, I usually try to fend that off like, ah, oh, it's the SEC. Ah, da, da, da. I cannot. I, I would be dishonest this year to mm-hmm. say that the schedule is not complete and utter dog shit. Yeah. Yes, the Louisville game looked a lot better when it was scheduled. I, I'm not. I'm not calling for chain blow up everything, um, but this is the, this is a bad year. There's no getting around it. That schedule wise, this is a bad year, and certainly three losses is going to keep you out of the playoffs. All that stuff, but I don't know that one loss on this Alabama schedule doesn't keep you out of the playoffs this year. Yeah, I mean the only real tests. I mean I'm not even counting Louisville as a test, but gosh, I mean is LSU a test or are, do are we not tested until we get to Auburn? It's pretty much November. And we get Auburn at home. What's that, Creel? I said it, nothing happens till November. Alabama's a 28-point favorite against Louisville, so there is Jesus. nothing. Literally nothing. 28? Uh-oh, uh-oh. The line has slipped by a touchdown, guys. Was it 35? To get <laughs> yeah, it opened at like 36, I think. Well, they, I think they probably finally got my letters about Tua not being the real deal. Ooh. <laughs> they, they, look, they said, you know, we heard a podcaster mm-hmm. say Tua was not as tall as some of us think. Let's go do some measuring. <laughs> Two his official program stats are like two forty six eleven. They take both Tungavaloas and stack them on top of each other to measure them. <laughs> they just take the last name and give them a foot per letter. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's let's move on to our our, our final. Our, our, Creel, I am sorry that we didn't have any stupid news of the week for you. Stupid news of the week. <laughs> I'm gonna keep my turn signal on. <laughs> Danny Canale. <laughs> oh God. He tweeted something about Twitter being like a horrible place. It's like, cool, you should leave then. You should leave Twitter. <laughs> yeah, get out of here. His I, What was the thing that got him in hot water was when uh, this was shit. This might have been a week ago, but when LeBron got his bell rung in the game and came back in, he was like, oh, if this was football, if this is a war on football, guys. If this has been a football, blah, 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 blah. Like, dude, just stop. Hmm. Stop what you're doing. That's an interesting viewpoint. I'm going to follow him right now. That speaks to me. <laughs> football. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, this is something that we've been talking about for almost a month now. Uh, Seth Emerson from The Athletic, uh, a UGA beat writer for The Athletic, Pose the question, should undrafted players be allowed to return to college football? Point. No. <laughs> Hankins. Counterpoint. Why is it that all the rules that surround the revenue-generating athletes of college sports, primarily basketball and football, mm-hmm. why is it that we feel like we need to teach them some sort of life lesson mm-hmm. with everything that involves their employment? How if if I wanted to apply for a job tomorrow and I didn't get that job, that doesn't mean my current job just fires me. I can go back and keep working there. I don't understand why in the world we want to penalize these people with employ when 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 they try to seek employment, we make up crazy rules for them that apply to literally no one else on the planet. Does your current job that you are looking to move on from that you have said that you're leaving, that you already quit. 
yeah, first of all, that's that, that, first of all that doesn't happen. You quit you you quit your job and people probably aren't going to let you back. Does that first job does that have a depth chart that depends on certainty that whether or not you're going to stay, then we're going to move this person up to manager? We're going to no, but that also that depth chart that you're referring to with football resolves itself on uh, three nights. It's a three night thing. That's when it gets resolved. Mm-hmm. And we just mentioned that oversigning happens at every at every college where this would be a problem. Oversigning already happens. So it's fine for the establishment to to stack that depth chart where you might not ever play. But God forbid, you should want to go out and see if you can make some money this year. And then if you don't make the money you want to make, you want to come back and do it again and try to make some more money the next year. You've never had a, a job interview in secret? Never, not once. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I just don't understand. There's, I don't understand why the employment laws never apply to these guys. I mean, I understand why, but I'm not going to get into that why. Why it is right now? Sure. Um, I think that I don't know uh, if if you and this writer had their way, redshirt sophomores, seniors would be testing the waters every year. And okay. chaos would wreak havoc on the on the depth chart to the degree that coaches would eventually end up saying, if you go, you're not welcome back. So there would be like a free market version of what we have now anyway. So they have all these rules around transfers that already govern transfers. Yeah. They have all these rules that govern all these things. You mean to tell me that they're not smart enough to write rules that say, here are the defined dates by which you need to make your declaration. Here are the defined dates by which you need to come back. And you can only come back to the school that you were scholarshiped unless they uh, have released you from the scholarship. I mean, they can't come up with a plan. That's just like a whole, that's a whole new system of regulations, though. If you sign as an undrafted free agent, are you still eligible to go back to college? Uh, if you just make the practice squad... I mean, if you're Cam Newton, Look, you, if he if he retires deadline, after dude. a year and goes back, so what would the deadline what? be then? <laughs> he didn't retire after a year. He kept playing football. No, I'm saying if that happens, then are you just allowed to come back? What do you mean? Well, I, I don't I don't understand. So the point if you're if you're if you're Cam Newton, you you make let's just say Cam Newton was not subject. Let, let's say you're Sam Bradford. Okay, you the last number one draft pick before the. Um, rookie salary cap, whatever it's called. He's signed to the yeah. Rams for forty gajillion dollars. He shits the bed. Yeah. Not really not really up to, up to expectations. He takes that money, whatever he got guaranteed, twenty seven gajillion dollars, and decides, well, you know, I still have one year of eligibility left. I'm gonna go back to Oklahoma. He was drafted, Sean. Nobody's saying that if you're drafted you come back. But it's the wild wild west Hankins, you give somebody an inch and they'll take a mile. <laughs> It's true, especially uh, also, Sam Bradford. Also, um, they do it in baseball. You can be drafted and then go to college, but you know, those are different kind. Of, those players look a lot differently than the ones we're talking about. <laughs> um, so I get that. That's I sports, that that's baby. <laughs> but nobody's saying that if you are drafted, that you get to make a choice. No, you get to declare for the draft, and if you're not drafted, you go back to the job you already had, and you try to be drafted next year. What college coach? <laughs> what college coach is going to turn down a dude who is good enough to think he's going to get drafted that might not make it to come back and play his senior year of ball for him? Who's going to turn that dude down? Yes, I don't want them. I don't want free agency in college football. So it's a simple rule. You got to go back to where you came from. That's pretty simple. Or you or you transfer like anybody else would under the current system. I don't like it. 
I don't like it either. It's, but why? But why do you not like it? What reason do you have for not liking? I think I'm it leads s- to two. Go ahead, Grill. I was gonna say I'm setting my ways and I ain't <laughs> budging. So, okay, so he's so we've already he's he's put off onto the far end of the spectrum. That's fine. He's over there. <laughs> I think I think it leads to too much uncertainty in in college football. Uncertainty about what? What are you certain about now? We just spent ten minutes talking about how some how everybody in the country can rank a team certain ways, and that particular team always comes in different. That, what that's college football, baby. That's why they play the games, baby. No, right. I think. <laughs> um, no, I mean the only the only uncertainty I have about this this team right now is who's gonna be who's gonna be the starting quarterback. Now, if you are. Uh, I can't think of anybody right now specifically with Alabama, but if we had a quarterback that was just drafted, a superstar quarterback that was just drafted, and wanted to come back, would the fan base be stoked about it? Probably. He can't you're 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 creating a different you're creating Mm-mm. a scenario that nobody's Mm-mm. even proposed. Mm-mm. We're not this talking is what about would being drafted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're talking about if you go to the draft, Mm-mm. if you put your name in for inclusion into the draft, mm-hmm. and no one selects you. It's a slippery you slope. You now are Matt. just asked out. It's a slippery slope. It's not a slippery, it's a slippery slope. slope. You're just asked out. No, Hankins. so and Hankins and Sean, there's a wise man who once said, "You can tell an awful lot about a person by their shoes, where they're going, and where they've been." Atticus Finch, Act One, Scene One, Forrest Gump. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh wait, no, it is Forrest Gump. You're right. No, to kill a mockingbird no, is you don't Forrest you don't Gump understand somebody he until invented you Nike. Right, right. Attic because okay. Attic Finch says you don't understand somebody until you walk around in their shoes. Got it, got it, got it, got it. But anyway, my shoe analogy is this: if you sign that contract with Nike, your your greasy agent gets you that money. Uh uh-uh. uh, <laughs> you lose oh, your yes! eligibility, and that's what this is all about. Yes, you. Nobody's arguing that oh, point. Oh, they would, they would sign him up, Hankins. <laughs> they wouldn't know if it's the next LeBron James or the next Dud, but they would sign him to, you know, a $10,000, you know, guarantee, and then I don't want and him that's anymore. fun. I mean, imagine. Like, who cares imagine if, if you take some money? No, we don't want those shoes. No, 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 no. Do you guys think uh, Forrest Gump played all four years of eligibility at Tuscaloosa? Uh, he did because he says it took took him five years to graduate. Because <laughs> he's stupid and his mom had to bang mm. the principal mm-hmm. to get him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she did care about his education, though. It's true. It's true. I just don't know why you all hate players so much. I don't hate players. I don't know why everybody. You do. Though. We hate the you, game. In, in every scenario, we don't hate the player. You side. You side with the oppressor and not the oppressed. <laughs> what in in what other situation have I done that? Everyone. Oh, okay. This sense. one being the only one that we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, I, I I get where you're coming from. I don't think I never thought about it from the standpoint of I, I don't think they're trying to teach these kids a lesson. Mm-hmm. I just think that they want less oh. kids to declare. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I think that they want. I think you know the the higher ups want what I'm actually arguing for. So I guess I am arguing for the oppressors. But like. Hmm. They want more certainty in the game. They want to be able to not reprint programs. They want to be able to, you know, uh, have more certainty in recruiting. Which that's another thing. If 
let let's let's go down this path where you know this is now the 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 rule writing uh, phase of implementing this plan. Hankins, what is the window? I don't I look. I don't. I have not studied this oh. enough because to know because what the draft should be. The draft is late April. Yeah. When do players report to to spring? Uh, signing day is in March. But <laughs> so. But when do when do players report to? Uh, so so that's the thing though, you you have signed a you have signed a class based on kids that have all a lot of kids de- some kids declare during the season at the end of the season, uh, some kids declare you know right after the playoffs if they're lucky enough to make it right after bowl season which is mid January. So then you sign a recruiting class in March, or uh, sorry uh, mid February. And then you have all these players, you know, however many players in your team that have said they're going to declare for the draft, and then they find out that they don't get drafted in mid-April, and all of a sudden they want back on a team that is now has been set since mid-February, and is now reporting to spring practice. So, how many of these do you think would happen per team that would not get drafted? I don't think that matters. That uh, you know. Zero, two, three. It, it absolutely matters if you're telling me that it's all based around stability. Um, you can redshirt as many people as you want. Essentially, you can sign as many people as you can. But the argument for <laughs> whether or not to do this is not. Eh, probably won't happen that often anyway. You know, I mean, that's not that, that's not an argument to to do anything or the, not to do anything. No, but the impact is you're arguing the impact. Mm-hmm. That is what you're arguing. Sure. This is going to have this big impact on the future incoming class. My counter argument is we're probably talking at at the highest level at the Alabamas, the Ohio States, the Miamis, the Michigans, these the Florida States, the people that send the people to the draft. You're probably talking five or six guys max. Yeah, probably not even that. Probably not even that. So these five or six dudes who are fringe players have to make a decision immediately following their season, essentially. Am I gone or am I staying? What time do they – they don't have time to go uh, research and find out if they're going to be drafted. They get draft grades, certainly, but that is done by the school because guess what? They don't have the ability to reach out to anyone else and say, hey, NFL team, or hey, uh, agent, can you go test the water, see if I'm going to pick? They have no ability to do that because that's illegal by the Mm -hmm. rules. They can't do that. So they have to trust everyone else to tell them, no, dude, you're definitely going to get drafted, or dude, you're probably going to get drafted, or you're definitely not going to get drafted. They have no outside resources. Everything they have comes from the school that they're at. So where I'm not even I'm not even go go go. So where do the undrafted free agent like uh, if if you sign with a team if you're undrafted where what happens then? What happens if you if you sign with a team you're an undrafted free agent you sign with a team and then you get cut in minicamp. You have signed with a team. So you can't go back. Once you sign with a team, your eligibility is over. That's the same thing that happens to people that are drafted. That's not fair. You're being oppressive. (laughs) But what if, what if, hold on, hold on. I have another for instance. What if you're drafted, but you don't like where you're going and uh, you don't want to go to the San Diego Chargers and then the Giants and your daddy aren't there to bail you out? You are drafted. Once someone owns your draft rights or you sign a deal, Mm -hmm. you're done. But that's That's not... that's a simple. It's <laughs> a simple rule, but it's fine. Oh, for, now it's fine. You know, it, it's fine for John Elway to threaten mm. to go play baseball, so he gets to go where he wants to go. It's fine for Eli Manning's uh, Hall of Fame daddy to fucking put the pressure on, so he gets to go where he wants to go. 
that's all fine. But a kid that may or may not get drafted, he's an asshole. Mm-hmm. Hankins, it sounds to me like you want to have your cake and eat it too. I don't, though. I want them to have their cake and do with but, that cake what they wish to but do. I'm giving you a side dish, as a wise man once said, Lieutenant Dan, ice cream. <laughs> you get no cake. You don't get to eat Why it. You're getting so left with ice that? cream, which is the How current. Is he so Do you phenomenal. see what I mean by by when I say that people want to teach these kids a lesson? <laughs> this is exactly what I'm talking about. Krill uses Krill is thinking of it as, as punitive. That if you go to the draft and don't get drafted, you're just out on your ass. Fuck you, buddy. Hey, go play I, I, in ho- Canada, I hope you maybe. learned something in your three years. I hope you got a degree. <laughs> but if you didn't, sorry. See? Them's See, the brakes. I just want to just want to let you know, Sean. That's the side you're on. That's who you're riding with on this. <laughs> yeah. At first, I was really excited about because I knew it was going to be two on one, but I don't think Creel's actually helping me at all. <laughs> no, no. That's the argument you guys have taken. Is oppress, teach them lessons. How dare they leave the university early? Right. Right. I agree. We're also They're we're student also going to tell you when you, you can't leave on student. You, emphasis you, you were just saying they're just here for for sports and that's it you know there are over thirty thousand student athletes across the country <laughs> exactly and many I'm of saying. us are not going pro in right. sports that's why they all go work for nationwide mm-hmm. damn that's that's what that damn. commercial is i know i damn. know i hope we yeah we don't want to <laughs> we don't want to pay them we don't we want to tell them when they can't they can't leave until this date mm-hmm. and then if you leave you're gone forever. We like that's, we like that structure. That's, the, that's where we are. Just like in the real world. You want. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the guy that you the guy that's that's making the that you're coming back to or not going back to, he can leave whenever the fuck he wants to. Oh, that guy well, I disagree with the way we treat coaches to. versus the way we treat players, especially in schools that have sanctions put on them. And certainly, if a coach wanted to go up, uh, interview for another job and he doesn't get it, they put him out on his ass, right? There's no guy that comes back and says, oh, you know, I'm going to stay here. Oh, sorry it wasn't fair for him. <laughs> the rules are different for different people in different circumstances. All right, the wheels are coming off the wagon here. Uh, agree to disagree. <laughs> Though, listeners out there, just let us know what you think of this. Not by emailing me, Brad Katz, but by engaging with us on Twitter. <laughs> Or on Instagram. Um, This has been Throw the Flag, episode 72. It's good to be back, you know, uh, after our six-day hiatus. Uh, It's nice to to hear y'all's voices again. Except for when Creel does the baby voice. (laughs) Which has been a lot. He's been baby and Forrest Gump, so I mean, you know what, he made some choices. And he stuck with him. I, I give him credit for sticking to his guns. It's true. It's true. His cartoon guns. Uh, episode 72, Throw the Flag. You can find all of our shows on ttfnetwork.com. If you'd like to support us in a more personal way, you can do so at patreon.com slash ttf. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash ttf. Until next week.
sing. 